So could you put something like that in place with this project so that your team is helping you get it done, taking the parts that you know you're going to procrastinate and they're doing them, but also giving them some visibility so that they know whether you're getting your stuff done or not. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to this episode of The Formula. It's me, your host, Trevor Carlson. On The Formula, we break down and explore the elements of health, wealth, happiness, and achievements with guests from all over the world. And today, I'm really excited to share with you uh, a episode straight from the vault. I'm just going to call it that, uh, as in I recorded this a while ago and I haven't published it yet, so it's a little older. Uh, but it's an it's a good episode because I sit down with my friend and leadership coach, Heather Marquez, to discuss uh, some challenges that I'm facing. And so it's basically a behind-the-scenes, behind-the-curtain look at what a leadership uh, or accountability session looks like. And also, really, the goal of this episode is to share with you that I have things that I have to face and go through as well. Uh, and we all do. We all have our obstacles and challenges and what, whatever it is uh, that we have to face. And, you know, for me, it helps that I, I have uh, mentors, friends, coaches that all kind of help me along the way. So really pumped to share this with you. Uh, excited to hear your feedback. And without me rambling on any longer, let's get to the show. This episode is brought to you by Lady Boss. Lady Boss is the first global weight loss and support community for women. Their mission is to help women lose weight while loving themselves. They help women get their confidence back, improve the overall quality of their life, and change the health of their entire family. They do this through providing the best information, products, and services possible in fitness, nutrition, and accountability. Lady Boss. Over 1,309,573 women supported and counting. To sign up for Lady Boss, head to the sponsored products page on theformulapodcast.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to uh, this episode of The Formula. I have my friend and uh, leadership coach, and among many other things, Heather Marquez, I invited Heather on the show today because uh, I've been friends with her for a few years and she was the first uh, leadership coach or person who taught any type of leadership skills that I attended uh, one of their classes. Uh, I'm really excited to have Heather on today and to kind of do a live coaching session. This is a little bit of a lesson in vulnerability for me and airing some of my baggage out on the air for everyone to hear. So I'm excited to have Heather here today, and Heather, thanks for taking the time to show up. Absolutely. I appreciate being here. I remember our very first leadership conversation where (laughs) I called you a diamond in the rough, and my goodness, how you've grown since then. Oh, man. Pretty exciting. You're going to make me blush. (laughs) So uh, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure. Um, I come from 25 years of retail um, experience. Leading and developing teams was the favorite thing that I had the opportunity to do. And um, after a while, I realized that was really the thing I wanted to focus on. So I jumped and built my wings on the way down um, and have my own company now where I work with leaders and businesses to help them 
do the things they do to a much better degree and take care of their people better, uh, influence those around them better, and get better results through metrics. Doesn't sound like a bad thing. No, I love <laughs> it. I love it. So um, I, I remember that, well, kind of the first conversation that we had, we went to like some coffee shop attached to a gas station somewhere, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And you're like, you should come to my leadership class. And I was like, but I'm not a leader. Why would I want to go? <laughs> Uh, I think, is that what happened? I think yeah, pretty happened. much, pretty much. And then I went and it was what, like eight weeks, six weeks, 10, 10 weeks, 10 weeks. That was a big commitment. I didn't realize it was that long, <laughs> uh, 10 weeks of your class. And then at the end of it, I was like, well, I guess I am a leader too. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, it was such a weird, weird, like thing for me because when I went in there, I was like, I don't know, I'm not. I didn't think of myself as anything other than just doing what I was supposed to be doing. So it's been a interesting experience so far. <laughs> yeah. It, you weren't alone in that first class so many years ago. Um, you know, leadership is, is really about influence and whether you're talking to your kids, trying to get them to get dressed for school or talking to your team or even talking to yourself in the bathroom mirror. Um, leadership is simply influence and it's doing those things that help you earn the right to influence others so that you can add value to them. Yeah. And when you put it like that, I even when you say that today, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I have influence sometimes. But mostly I just feel like from my perspective, I just try to do the stuff that I feel like is right. And then oh, also whatever I want. Like, I mean, right now I have pink hair. <laughs> because and it looks fabulous. Thanks. <laughs> like I... Uh, um, I was having a rough day like a few months ago and my friend Molly, she's somewhere in the building too. Um, she was like, she's like, you know what I think would make you feel better is if we colored your hair. And I was kind of grumpy, which I'm never grumpy. So it was, everyone could tell I was having a bad day. And, uh, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, let's do it. And didn't really think anything of it. And then like a week later, she's like, so when do we dye in your hair? And I was like, Hmm, I really, no, I'm not sure about this now. And, uh, so I kind of thought about it a bit. I'm like, could we do it for a good cause? And I was like, I just started asking people, I'm like, how much money would you donate if we reached a certain goal? Uh, I would dye my hair pink. And within like 10 minutes, I had like a few hundred dollars <laughs> committed to doing this. So I'm like, well, sh- uh, I should probably do this, you know? So we ended up working with a nonprofit named Thorn or called Thorn. And they, uh, they fight child sex trafficking and child exploitation. So, uh, and then I actually recruited a few other people, uh, guys and gals to, uh, dye their hair as well. So maybe I have a little influence. <laughs> convincing, convincing grown 40 year old men to dye their hair. <laughs> I think Scott's is rainbow actually. So <laughs> I would say that's a lot of influence. That's a lot of influence to get somebody to dye their hair when they've never done it before. Yeah. Uh, I wish you, well, maybe Scott will be here when, when we get done and I can, I can, uh, introduce you to him, but he looks, he looks fabulous right now. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit of influence there. So I'm a little curious, um, knowing where you started mm-hmm. and our very first conversation in that coffee shop. Um, and I could see all the potential in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that you saw it in yourself at that point, but I definitely could see it. Um, where do you feel like you have grown the most in your leadership? And where do you feel like you have the biggest challenge still to grow? 
Damn. <laughs> um, I think so. It's interesting because, like, I think back to where I came from. Like, my my self confidence at that point in time was not the highest in in certain areas. Maybe it was, but in my like leadership ability, I was just like, I'm not a leader. I'm not good enough to do this stuff. Like, you know, it's not my thing. And I, I still think that I have like imposter syndrome. Maybe is the right word sometimes. But it's I feel like I've I've grown like leaps and bounds from where I started. Uh, it's still this like you know I'll like some of the stuff that I do like I'll look back after I do it and I'll be like I can't believe I actually did that you know uh, or I can't believe I started that or uh, really and so it's it's still kind of there but I feel like I've grown a ton. Hmm. I don't know. This is. This is a difficult question. This is why I wanted you on the show because I'm like, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I would say my communication has gotten much better. Like being able to tell, like lay out when I'm working on with a group or a team, laying out like what I want done, what I need done, um, and why, why it's important, and kind of communicating expectations. I also like my personal accountability is really high from like a leadership perspective. I don't like to blame other people or team members when things don't go the way that I want them to. I prefer to kind of take a look in the mirror first and ask myself, did I communicate this the best way I could? Did I give them, the people I'm working with or leading, the resources they needed to accomplish um, accomplish this in the way I wanted it? Uh, and sometimes, sometimes I do really good at that. Other times I do not, but it's gotten a lot better. I don't know if this necessarily has much to do with leadership, I guess, but it's sometimes it's just focusing on the right things instead of, instead of just like, I feel like I'm talking about like work style now, but, um, instead of just focusing on, you know, the, like the most important things, sometimes I end up, you know, maybe taking on a little too much and then spreading myself thin and then even from there, not focusing on the right stuff to move the move the company or the project in the right direction. And I end up like kind of splitting my focus so much that it becomes kind of ineffective. Is that is that a leadership thing? I don't know if that is or not. But Yeah. I mean, I think probably part of the obstacle and a lot of leaders face this. Uh, I was just an association for talent development um, meeting earlier today. And we were talking about how, you know, as leaders, we tend to take on so much more than what we can probably handle um, because we love the sense of achievement and we want to make things better. And we want to do more and contribute more. Um, so we, we have a hard time saying no, first of all, but then we just set this bar for ourselves sometimes that becomes a little bit unrealistic and um, we don't allow ourselves to have space to step back and really look at all of the things we're doing. And we get sort of on that, on the hamster wheel. Somebody mm-hmm. once told me that to a hamster from the inside, the wheel looks like a ladder. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we find ourselves as leaders. We, <laughs> awesome, right? <laughs> we find ourselves thinking we're climbing up a ladder, but we're really on a hamster wheel and you don't know it until you get off and look back. Um, so I think that as leaders, spending time to reflect is a really, really crucial piece of what we do. But reflection um, is only part of it. I think the other part is 
having some clarity around what are the goals and objectives of your organization? What's, what's the vision? What's the mission? Um, and I just read a really cool blog from a company called Bar Reach in Cedar Falls. You're mm-hmm. familiar with yep. them. Um, they did this awesome blog on guiding principles and, um, they have projects sometimes where they can't necessarily take the time to set smart goals to, uh, to every piece of it, but they set guiding principles mm-hmm. and those particular guiding principles allow them to judge whether something can be done or should be done. Um, whether it should be tabled for later in order to stay on track with the project or what's best for the project. And so I think as a leader, one of those, those crucial things is setting your own guiding principles um, and understanding how the things you're doing play into the vision that you have for your organization. Yeah. I'll have to link to that article in the show notes. People can read it. I haven't read it yet. So I I should probably read that too. Cause I'm, I'm, as you're saying that I'm like, I don't think I have, those necessarily. I think that, so with specific projects, I feel like I have like, like with the, you know, with the podcast, it's really based on, you know, the formula for, I've changed it a little bit, but it's like the formula for like health, wealth, happiness, and achievement. So as long as it's something with understanding a process for some type of accomplishment, then it like fits under that umbrella. If it's like, you know, if somebody just wants to come, come on and like, to self-promotion or something like that, or they want to talk about sports or politics or something. It's, it doesn't really fit into that. So it's like an easy no for me. And then the same thing with like the online courses I'm producing, they're mostly for like business development, business growth. And so if it doesn't fit into business development or business growth, it's easy for me to say no. So maybe that's kind of a rough version of that, right? So let me ask this, where do you find yourself losing focus. So you have a particular set of expectations or curriculum for Mm -hmm. your podcast Mm -hmm. that things have to be umbrellaed under. So where is it that you as a leader lose your focus on the forward movement of the company? Man, my internal dialogue is not. (laughs) uh, (laughs) All right. So I might have just might just uh figured out my focus issue. Maybe it's not even focus at all. I might just be avoiding some of the things that I, um, maybe have some fear around. Maybe it's not focus. It's just prioritizing things that are less important because they're less intimidating. So, uh, it's like some of the, some of the marketing pieces, like I've spent most of my career in like B2B roles where I'm just kind of behind the scenes. Um, like I don't, I haven't really done anything that's like, uh, I know, I, I feel like I'm answering your question in a very roundabout way. So that's okay. <laughs> uh, Go for it. I, I feel like my, my roles have always usually been like B2B. Like I'm kind of behind the scenes. Maybe I'm doing sales meetings and whatnot, but I'm usually not like uh, consumer facing. Like I'm not putting myself out there. People don't hear me talk a lot. Maybe uh, more recently since I started the show, but. I think I find myself, I've gotten, I've gotten more used to video and I've gotten more used to doing like promotional stuff, but I still find myself doing things that aren't as important as the marketing side or sharing it, sharing the show, the episodes, um, doing different types of creative experiments. Uh, so I think maybe it's not focus. It's more prioritizing the less intimidating tasks or the less, the tasks, (laughs) 
prioritizing the tasks that I enjoy more versus the tasks that will actually move uh, move the show forward. So the tasks that you tend to avoid that will move the show forward are those tasks that only you could do. No. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Hmm. I'm going to have to take some notes because I'm like... <laughs> You're all good. Yeah, I, there's some. There's some, yes, and then there's some, no. I think it's just that it's dedicating time to doing those things. Like, I, I think I have to... I have members of... Uh, or people that I outsource work to, members of my team, that I could definitely say like, oh, hey, I need this resource. And then, because it's basically taking stuff that's already made and like repurposing it so it can be shared on Instagram or Facebook. I don't have to do it. I just have to give the instructions to do it, but I'm not. <laughs> so. so what keeps you from giving the instructions to do it? Oh, uh, man. I think it... it it's just getting used to putting my, myself out there more often. Uh, and what's funny is we had this conversation like a year ago and since then I've done like a full, I've done a full video interview. I've done multiple full video interviews. I've done video promotions. I've done, I've spoken on stage uh, numerous times. And what's funny is like the very first video I did, cause I saw you and you're like, can you do one video this week? I'm like, damn it. Yes, I'll do one video. <laughs> And then I did, and somebody was like, somebody saw me a couple days later. They're like, oh, I saw your video. You're so natural on camera. Like, you're so good at it. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I've been, like, afraid of this. Or not afraid of it, just like, I don't even know if fear is the right word. It's just more avoid. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Fear, whatever reason, procrastinating, lack of understanding of what I need to be doing kept me from doing it. And then when I did it, it was like, oh, it's, it's people liked it. <laughs> so people responded pretty well to it. So it's just, I don't think there's really anything to be afraid of. Maybe it's just like getting over that like hurdle. And maybe it's just like lifting weights, you know, like it's going to, it's going to suck the first few times, but once you get past it, then it becomes pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at this point, you don't think it's fear that's keeping you from doing those things or is it? I don't, I don't know. So give me an example of a specific thing that you tend to put off that would be high value if it were done, mm -hmm. but maybe doesn't even have to be done by you. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I've been working on recently is setting up the podcast, like Instagram account. Uh, and there's, I follow a lot of other podcasts that I listen to on Instagram. So I see what they share and how they share it. It's really not that difficult to make these things. Um, it's really just taking like a clip from the show and then some text and then like dropping an image of some text over it. And that's something I could easily have made. Like I could have an intern do that, right? Like I could have somebody on Fiverr do it uh, pretty easily and cheaply. But I don't know if it's just a fear of like, I don't, I don't know. It, maybe I'm just lazy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the right. Okay. The right seriously doubt the lazy piece. <laughs> So what kind know. of impact would it make to your business and in your goals if you were to do those tasks? So it would increase awareness around my show and increase my following, which would allow me to book larger guests, which I book pretty decent sized guests already. Mm -hmm. um, but it would allow me to get my message out there more, um, get some of these other people a lot easier. Uh, and then also just like getting my message in front of more people. Cause really it's like, this isn't really like a self 
promotional tour where I want people to like, I don't really care if people know who I am, but if I can, like one of the things that makes me really happy is when I, I will hear or see someone that's listened to some of my episodes and now they're like working out or now they're traveling the world or um, like, I'm thinking of two specific people that I know for sure. Like one girl, um, do you know Anna, Anya Pastorova? I'm, I'm butchering her name. <laughs> She's going to listen to this and be like, that's not how you say it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, she, she said she listened to a couple episodes and because of that, she started traveling. Like she's traveling like full time right now, I think. Wow. Uh, well, almost full time. Maybe. I don't know. You'll have to ask her next time she's in Iowa, but so she's doing that. And I know she's really happy. She started a travel blog and I don't know. I, I feel like that I played some part in that which is really cool. And then, um, there's another guy I know that I saw, he started working out like pretty hard and he was like posting uh, pictures up on Instagram. Cause I've, I've interviewed some athletes and people who've done like uh, mountain climbing or, uh, well, Olympic athlete <laughs> talking about like training and whatnot. And, um, yeah, he made a post where he was just like, yeah, I listened to this show and now I'm like working out every day. And I was like, cool. You know, like that made mm-hmm. me feel really good. Um, so if I can encourage other people, like, like the whole purpose is to show people that it's like, you don't need something, you don't need to be like, have something innately born in you to do a lot of these things. A lot of these things can be done if you just understand the process behind it and you build the habits and routines and, uh, whatever is necessary in order to do that. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, what would the habit or routine be behind posting, like promoting my stuff more? (laughs) You know, something that has gone through my mind as you were talking is by not posting that stuff, by not getting the Instagram stuff done, Mm -hmm. all those tasks you're talking about, um, by not getting your message out there, what are the ramifications for the people that you want to make a difference for? Um. Now, now I'm feeling guilty. <laughs> uh, it's, it would be that they, you know, if somebody's on the edge or want of, of like trying something new or doing something new and they haven't yet, you know, this, I'm almost feel like I'm keeping something away from them that could be helping them maybe encourage them. Maybe they learn some tactic or strategy to, to do something different that they've wanted to do for a long time. So essentially I'm robbing them from of opportunity to, uh, to grow by not posting and sharing. Damn it. <laughs> what was your mission again? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so you have all these tasks. Where, where are these tasks listed that you need to do? In my notebook, uh, right now, I actually spent a bunch of time trying to get reorganized since I got back from Prague, um, just to figure out what I need to get done, <laughs> what needs to get done, and even though I, I was sitting with a friend of mine, um, he's one of my business partners. We were working on this product launch uh, a month or so ago, and he made a comment about all the stuff I had put up on like our whiteboard to do. And he's like, those are all like house cleaning items. Like, what are the tactical things we need to do? I'm like, oh, you mean like the actual hard things that we have to do? I'm like, and then we like went through those. So I think I have this habit of like laying out like what the, house cleaning things are like, Oh, respond to this email, do this or that. Like not necessarily always like the hard. And the thing is, is they're not that hard. They just, 
require you to be a little bit more, there typically is like some level of vulnerability with it. You're sharing something, you're building something, you're putting it out there to get feedback. And, um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, so you have a list of your housekeeping stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have a list of those hard tactical pieces? No, I don't. Maybe I should put that on my list of things to that do. That would be a great place to start. <laughs> so with all those tactical things, are those all things that require you? Uh, they require me to like lay out what needs to be done. Maybe not necessarily me doing them. Mm-hmm. There's some where there's just really like a knowledge gap. Like a lot of people don't understand how some of the software that I use, how it works. It's, it's something that could be taught, but it's, I can't, I, it'd probably be a little difficult for me to find someone that's not extremely expensive to do it for me unless I train them. So the answer is like, maybe (laughs) there's probably some things I could, or some things I could train Mm on, but I don't see why I would have to do them all. The thought that keeps popping in my head is a lot of these things just come down to me being able to put myself out there and having things not go well, you know, like, I mean, I have put a lot of things out there and had them not go well. Right. And I still do it. And you're still here to I'm talk still about it. Here to talk about it. I think my, my number of my Facebook friends has gone down, but other than that, I think I'm fine. So what's, when you're thinking about these big tasks that you're looking at putting off and putting off, what's one that you feel like is really hanging over your head and sucking your energy? Oh, man. <laughs> because everybody has that one. It's like your frog that you're not yeah. eating every day. So um, so with the, the online course company, uh, I've spent like the last year building out a few courses, and we've launched a few different versions of them. The first version was like paid webinar. We did that and it was, it went pretty well. And then we started working on recording like the final full version and it's taken quite some time for those to get done. And now I have them done. I have them edited. I have them ready to go. Um, but it's really like getting down. Well, I started building another class before I launched these. So now I have a bunch of classes that are ready to be like launched and pushed out. So it's really, like, and I have like the playbook to do it, right? It's, it's not, it's not like I'm not building a rocket ship. People have done this before or done it really well. And there's like a, they've written books on it. I have the books. I have the playbook, how to do it, but I haven't done it yet. Why? Because, uh, man, this, we're going to be really authentic now <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just, I don't, I don't know how well they're going to do. You know, I haven't done the best job of like preparing for the launch as I would like to, like building the the audience. And uh, I understand a lot more now than when I first started building the courses about uh, funnels. So it's like uh, I I equate it to like like dating a lot of the time, just because it's an easy analogy. It's like, are you going to ask someone to marry you on the first date? I use that all the time. Ever since you told me about that, I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, sometimes I say smart things. Uh, But yeah, it's like, would you, would, are you going to ask someone to marry you on the first date? Like, 
you know, are they, are they going to say yes, really? M- most people are going to say no, unless they're like completely nuts. And then do you want to marry that person anyways? Right. So it's like the same thing with, um, buying a product, especially a higher end course. Are they going to buy the course? If you just, let's say I run an ad and they just go to the course page and you're like, Hey, I'm so-and-so teaching this course, click here to buy it. Right. They're probably not going to, you know what I mean? So they need to have like some type of like warm up period where they get some free downloadable guide. They get, um, you know, they get some type of other interaction with you and the company. And then they have like a third or fourth interaction that is them going to your product page and buying, buying the course. So I do not have that part built out. So I'm a little afraid to like launch without that p those pieces built out. So what would it take for you to build those pieces out? Focus and time. Focus and time. <laughs> uh, I I would just need to actually write them down and get it get them finished. Do you have a particular course that is first in line to launch? Um, so I have one that I'm prepping for the launch for right now. That we're we do have some of those funnel things done. It's our new one that hasn't how to start grow and fundraise for a startup. And so that one. You know, there's just some things that working, we're working with the instructor on getting done. Um, so that one's really like, that one is, I feel like we've actually done a really good job of preparing for the launch. So that one, even though we started that in April and these other ones we started in June last year, uh, it's farther along. Like it's just, I think I just refined the process as I was finishing up the first classes, producing this next one. So I've proven that I can make classes. Now I just mm-hmm. need to f- sell them. <laughs> And I think that all comes down to like the same piece that we're talking about with like the Instagram thing. It's just like being willing to put myself out there and get told like, no. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe. So are you waiting for the perfect time, the perfect audience? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if that's how I would describe it, but maybe that's, is that what it looks like to you? Are you waiting for the sure thing? Yes. That's probably a better way to put it. I'm waiting for the sure thing. And will you ever know that you have the sure thing if you don't launch it? No. I won't. So if you launched it mm-hmm. and it didn't do well, mm-hmm. what next? What would happen? What could you do? How would you respond to that? I'd be exactly where I'm at now with it. And you would know that out of 100 paths, at least one of them doesn't work and now it's off the table. Yes. And not consuming any more of your thought. So then you could move on to the next one. Yes. So there's this really cool thing called testing and measuring. Damn it. I know. This is, (laughs) I teach people how to do these things too, which is, and I've done this before, but I've, the thing for me is like, it's, it's a straight to consumer product. I've never done a straight to consumer product before. I've always done like B2B, which is like, has always been, it's always come easy to me because it's really just like, Find someone that's in your target market, go have a conversation with them, figure out what their needs are, build a product that fits their needs, get them to pay you for it. That's pretty much it. And now I just feel like it's like this whole thing where I have to get it in front of like, if I want to sell one, I have to get it in front of like a thousands or tens of thousands of people just, and like, so it just feels different. So if you launch it and you get it in front of a thousand people 
and a hundred people buy it, mm-hmm. what do you take away from that? That I should have just launched it sooner. <laughs> uh, that it was that was a good product. Okay. Um, that I would say that's a pretty good success. I mean, so yeah. what if only ten people? That's still successful. Yeah, that's still good. So the other piece is now you have ten people that have said yes. Mm-hmm that you have the opportunity to build a relationship with Mm -hmm. that you don't have that right now because you haven't given them the opportunity to Mm -hmm. say yes. So what will it take for you to give people the opportunity to say yes? Like tactically, what would I have to do? Well, I would have to, um, I mean, if I wanted to do it correctly, I would, go pull up my pull up the script that we built for this new course that we're launching and I would apply it to the courses that already exist and I would do you know the launch sequence uh, build out these other pieces and just go like I could probably launch them by the end of the month so what um, keeps you from stuff. doing that I was trying to focus on getting this launch done this new course and then I was gonna go back and relaunch the old ones um, but there's really no reason I couldn't do them all you know, almost, you know, we're not talking about the word focus, but we are. <laughs> yeah. So that might, might mean that you have to pick one first. Yeah, that's true. So what one would be the easiest, most low hanging fruit of them all? Well, the one, the new one, um, the, the startup, the growing and fundraising for your startup course would be ideally, I mean, that one's pretty much ready to go once we, we just have to get like, we just have to start the email sequence and we have to um, build out the, we just have to have the launch webinar and then we're good. Like we're done. It gets launched. So but. who's responsible for the launch webinar? So um, my business partner and I are responsible for getting it ready. However, the instructor has to hold the launch webinar. So we're working with them on getting that done. So there's, and yeah, there's, there was some communication issues on my end with like getting the the class actually delivered like the videos and stuff so we've had to bump it back a couple times but so between now and then while you're still waiting on the launch webinar to be mm-hmm. finished are there emails that you could be sending out or marketing things that you could be doing yeah leading up to it yes so what's keeping you from doing those um the perfect time. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. I probably, I mean, maybe that's it is I'm just waiting for a sure thing and there's no such thing. I know, I know this because I've launched products before, but this just feels so like I've never, this just feels so much more like, uh, closer to home, I guess it feels much more important to me. Because I feel like I've kind of orchestrated everything from the beginning. And now it's time to like shut up and put up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I don't really have any reason not to. So what's the date that you're going to be doing this? <laughs> uh, yeah, check the show notes and we'll get one, we'll get one <laughs> out there for you. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. I'll have to check because the instructors are the ones that would have to do the, the webinars. Because doesn't make much sense for me to do them mm-hmm. if, since I'm not the one teaching the courses. So really the first thing I should probably do when I get off of here is lay out the plan, send the plan over to the instructors and say like, which, 
which date would you be available for this webinar? And then put together an email campaign out to our email list and a press release out to our press contacts and do the webinar then. And you did mention with the email campaign that you want to warm them up. You're not going to marry them on the first date. <laughs> so if the instructors yeah. couldn't do the webinar mm-hmm. right now or next week or whatever date you have picked, yeah. you could just lengthen your email campaign if you had to. Yeah. And yeah. warm them up a little bit. Now I'm thinking about it. It's like, okay, so let's say we're waiting on it, but I want to get more email addresses or more lukewarm, like kind of warm up the leads a little. What I could be doing is taking some of the downloadable content pieces that we've created and run advertising to them to capture email addresses. So they're getting some type of interaction with us. Once I gather their email addresses, I'm building up that email list of the target audience for the courses. And once I'm building up that list, then once we set a date for the webinar, then I have a warm list to email to as well. That's what I would tell one of my clients to do. So So what's keeping you from doing that? (sighs) Me. (laughs) That's pretty much, I, I don't know. I don't know the right answer on that. I just need to do it. I need to focus. I need to do it. I I don't, I don't know. I think I could sit here and come up with a hundred reasons why, but those don't matter. You just have to do it. Like it's, I remember we had this conversation a really long time ago and you're probably, I don't even know if you'll remember this, but when I was talking about like just doing one, mm-hmm. I totally remember that yeah. one, one dish yeah. in the sink. Yeah. Yes. It's like, cause I, uh, I have, I have a bad habit or used to have a bad habit of like, all right, let's be real. I still have a bad habit of like <laughs> not always doing dishes right away or like I'm the worst about putting away clean laundry. Half my stuff looks wrinkled all the time, and I have to like uh, throw That's the okay. You're on the minute. podcast. Nobody right, knows. Right. Yeah. There's no video here. It's great. But it's like, can you just do one? And if you can do one, then before you know it, all the whole thing's done. It's just like getting that first like little one done. So it's like, what's one for this? Like, how can I break it down? I really like, um, what's his name? Jocko Willink. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has a podcast. Extreme ownership. Yeah. So he has a, I love, I love it when people tweet at him and then he answers on the podcast. Like, well, he's like, uh, there was one, I'll link to it in the show notes. I'm, there's gonna be a bunch of stuff in there. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, there was one where he was like, uh, they emailed him and they're like, man, I'm just up against the, I feel like life's got me up against the ropes right now. And I'm, I don't want to tap out, but I don't really know what else to do. And these are all my problems. And he was just basically like, all right, you know, prioritize and execute, break everything down to the smallest bite-sized pieces possible and prioritize which ones need to get done first. And then just like one step at a time, one day at a time. It's like, you just knock them out one little piece. So it's like, I feel like I'm giving myself, I'm coaching myself through this. That's great. You're making my job easier. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, um, taking, you know, one piece at a time, breaking it down and just like getting the initial step done. Like one of the ways I kind of got out of reading, I kind of got out of my daily habits there for a little while and I was kicking myself for it. And it's been taking me a while to get back into them back. Like I, there was probably about a two year period where I was just like, you know, I just felt like I was on fire when it came to daily routines. I was like meditating, yoga, 
writing, like having uh, smoothies, protein shakes, getting my 20 ounces of water in, uh, (laughs) all that stuff. And, And then it just like, you know, slowly over time, I was under a lot of stress at that point. They just kind of fell apart putting them back together has actually been feel like has been much more difficult than like the first time I did it. So I went back to the drawing board a couple months ago and I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so how can I basically like trick myself (laughs) into this? And it was, uh, you know, can you just do, can you read one sentence before you go to bed? Cause I kept watching YouTube videos about like stupid things, like laying in bed for like two hours watching videos and then I'd be tired in the morning. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I can read one sentence. Clearly anybody can read one sentence, even if you're the slowest reader in the world. And if one sentence seems like too much, just read one word. And before you know it, you're done with like eight pages and you pass out in your sleep. It's the same thing with like writing in the morning. Can you write one sentence? Can you write one word? So how can I take that and apply that to what I'm doing now? Because it might just be that it looks like a big mountain of a project. And really, I don't like. I don't know if it is. I think it's a lot smaller than what I think it is. I think we need to mind map it. <laughs> oh, God. That's what I think. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might not be a bad idea. That's my go-to for brainstorming all of the things that need to happen around something that seems huge and ambiguous that I can't seem to get my head around is just to start mind mapping and doing that brain dump because all of a sudden now you have all these, all this clarity and all these things around it that you didn't even think of before. Um, and that gives you a path to start working from the other piece is you have a team. Mm-hmm. So once you get all of these tasks done before you start saying, I'm going to pack away at this, this, and this, could you, create a list for each of your team members mm-hmm. and delegate the things that aren't crucial for you. Yeah. Um, you know, the delegating is one of the most difficult things for a lot of leaders, especially newer leaders, mm-hmm. because we always think if we want it done right, we have to do it ourselves. But what we're doing is robbing somebody else of an opportunity to one, be involved with the project at a higher level so we're losing that, but we're also robbing them an oppor- of an opportunity to um, to learn, to grow, and then possibly to receive some accolades or recognition around doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I know when I count on my team, I delegate things that I know I am just not good at and are never going to happen if they're in my care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a an amazing admin who um, I'm, I'm awful at following up with business cards because I get squirreled by so many other things. And so, and then I start to sit down a week later and I get the guilt associated with the business cards thinking, oh, I should reach out to them earlier. I'll reach out to them later when I'm feeling a little less guilty about it. And then that later never comes. Now I just give them to my admin and she takes it out of my hands. I can't judge it. I can't second guess it. She just makes it happen. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. And it's, it puts me in such a better place because the people that I needed to connect with and serve are now not being not connected with and not served because I'm being too judgmental and hard on myself and saddled mm-hmm. with my own guilt. Um, she just takes that away from me. And sometimes as leaders, we tend to get in those spirals. And so, you know, what are those things that you could delegate to your team that even might push you to move a little 
further. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a marketing plan for my team and my admin puts it all on my calendar now. She used to say, oh, don't forget to do your marketing things. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll get them done. And now she actually puts them on my calendar and we have a team chart that we highlight if we got our stuff done or not. So mm-hmm. there's also accountability. And when I see that everybody around me is getting their stuff done, you know, I have a little bit of a competitive edge, I will admit. <laughs> then all of a sudden I have to really barrel down and get my own stuff done. But I think it makes such a difference for everybody on my team because I'm, as a leader, responsible for setting the example. Yeah. But also I have people that if I don't do my part, they can't do their part. And so I don't ever want to let them down. So could you put something like that in place with this project so that your team is helping you get it done, taking the parts that you know you're going to procrastinate and they're doing them, but also giving them some visibility so that they know whether you're getting your stuff done or not might make you eat the frog, as they say, Hmm. a little bit. Yeah, I was laughing, too, because when you're like, I'm a little competitive, I was like, "Ah." (laughs) I'm a little my ass. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I was like, I feel like you're extremely competitive, but could be wrong. So maybe, maybe (laughs) I was on Facebook. I don't post um, on my personal Facebook page that much because I tend to be just always thinking about business and really private but my son won seven or had seven awards from school yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think I had four different posts about that. And, um, you know, my husband kept saying, they're just pieces of paper from school. I'm like, yeah, but they're about his leadership. He was a leader in the art. He was a leader in music. He was a leader in whatever. And so for me, it was really cool. And I was building this all up and I congratulated my son. And he was just looking at me like, yeah, it's okay. I'm like... <laughs> But they're rewards, and you're cool, and you did an awesome job. And so I am a little competitive, I have to admit, um, especially when it comes to how we show up in the world. And uh, I was super proud about that with leadership. But I think that competition, you know, that can be a really healthy thing in your team as long as it's not done in a way that makes anybody feel bad, mm-hmm. um, but just sort of spurs them on to to keep up. And that's sort of a danger sometimes of that is setting some unrealistic expectations. I used to work an unrealistic amount of hours and my team just sort of at a point felt like they couldn't possibly keep up. Mm -hmm. And so they gave up and it was a great opportunity for me to look at myself and realize that I didn't have much of a balance and my competitive nature got the best of me. So there's a balance there to be had. Hmm. I'm thinking about the unrealistic expectations now too, because I, yeah, I think in the past I would do definitely do that where I was like, man, I'm just going to – I'm really proud of how many hours I'm working right now, whether they're effective or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, hence, again, reminded that that is not always the case. Just because you work a ton of hours doesn't mean they're good hours. Because when I was in Prague, um, I felt like I was only – like I didn't work every day. But the days that I did work, I would work maybe three or four hours. And I would get – a ton of stuff done just cause I was very focused. There was really no distractions. I didn't know anyone else really there. The friends I was with were off doing their own thing. So I was just by myself, like random coffee shops. And, you know, I would probably get more done in that three or four hour time frame than I would in like 10 hours sometimes, you know, like when I go to the co-working space here. So it's like, uh, 
it's not always about how much time you put in. It's about like how effective you are. Time is time's sort of a vacuum. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you give yourself two hours or 10 hours to do a job, you'll do it in that time. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe for you, you could look at emulating what you were doing in Prague. What would it take to have that kind of four hour, highly productive yeah. push so that you could enjoy all the other things you love doing and mm-hmm. rejuvenate and come back to it the next day and do the same thing? Yeah, because there was this interesting moment I had there where I was like, I wanted to go tour this space. There's a startup center there. And I wanted to get over there, and it was closing at, like, 4. And I think it was, like, 2 o'clock, and I don't even remember what I was doing. And I was like, I have to get this stuff done before I go tour the center. So I was like, all right, one-hour sprint. It's probably in my notebook somewhere. But I was like, one-hour sprint. All right. What do I need to get done in the next hour? Like, what do I, or what do I need to get done by the end of the day? And I'm like, I got an hour to do it. And I wrote down this really long list and some of it was kind of difficult stuff, but I got it all done in an hour. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? If I can rake like a whole day's worth of stuff and just like knock it out in an hour, like, what does that say about how distracted I am on a normal day? When if I just extremely focus for one hour and lay out exactly what I need to do, I can get it all done. What does that say about the rest of my time, you know? And that was a big lesson for me because uh, it reminded me of this like uh, Pomodoro um, technique or pom- there's an app called Pomo to do where there's like a timer and it's like you lay out what you need to do and it like ticks and it's like keeps you kind of on track. It probably seems a little bit... Uh, awful to some people who don't have the issue of staying on task. But then at the end of like the 25 minutes, you take a five minute break and you just have like a set task list for every 25 minutes and you just are supposed to go like as hard as you can for 25 minutes and stay extremely focused. So maybe it's like taking all those things together, isolating myself, identifying what I need to do, setting a t- setting time constraints to it. And maybe I will get all my stuff. To, I'll stay. More, I will uh, be more focused. So, what is the very next action that you need to take to move any of this forward? What's the next step for you? So, one of the things I actually did today was laying out what I needed to get done. Like, not okay. So, I got I laid out what I needed to get done. Um, I actually need to go back and add some of the more important items that I didn't add. I didn't purposely leave them off leave them off but it was just it just happened um and then i laid out like what it would look like if i was wanted to like basically be as productive as i possibly could so i went um so i laid out on yesterday morning i laid out like okay so when am i most productive it's like when i'm isolated when i don't have my phone on me uh when i do everything on paper first and um what else Mm, I don't look at my phone or check my email. Like, so, so basically it's like you wake up, you get ready, you do your morning routines, you don't touch your phone. Like I check to see if there's any emergencies, Mm -hmm. like just look at it and like, okay, no one called me and left a voicemail. I think I'm fine. You know, if anybody, if I have a voicemail from somebody important, then, then I'll get it. But, um, not touching my phone going straight to a coffee shop, leaving my phone and laptop in the car, just bringing my notebook in and just writing out, like, I think I wrote probably 
I wrote all this today. So, however many pages that is. Like, 14, 15 pages. And, um, like, going through that process. And then, I didn't set a time constraint on it, because I was just like, I have a lot to get done. How long do you think it took me to get all this stuff done? And I've just been transferring it to my computer. It took me an hour to get 15 pages of stuff done. Like, checked off your list, done. Yeah. 15 pages in one hour. I'm just like, what? (laughs) What am I doing? Like, why don't I do this every day? Like, I was doing it for almost, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. And I got out of it. And now I'm, like, doing it again. I'm like, oh, man, why did I stop? And I think you just, maybe that's an important lesson is, like, sometimes you get knocked off your path, your teens. and So my next step is just, like, Actually adding the tactical items, laying out like where, when, and how I'm going to be doing these things, and then breaking them down maybe into as small pieces as possible and just getting started. So when are you going to tackle this part of it? Um, getting started? Laying out the plan, the tactical pieces? Uh, tonight. I'll do it tonight. I'm already planning on, I was already planning on working tonight. Now this just gives me a specific thing to do. So what's the very first thing in that that you're going to have to take action on? Do you have any idea of that yet? Yeah, so I will have to lay out exactly what like the launch sequence steps are and then figure out what I have and what I don't have. Um, And so basically it's just like figure, like lay out the whole plan. Like what's the plan? And then look at what pieces I'm missing and then figure out what it would take to get those pieces made. Uh, and then either task people with those things or get started on it, on them myself. So first of all, I have to tell you, I'm thinking, I'm going to call you and leave a voicemail no, in the middle no, of the night no. just to see if I'm one of those important <laughs> people that you respond to. No. <laughs> oh, That's wait, I thought you were, Trevor. wait, wait, no, no, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say like, I'm going to call you tonight to make sure you got it done. I'm like, oh, oh no, damn. no. <laughs> we'll check on that too. <laughs> so, with this, you're thinking you've got this product, you've got this launch. What's a D day for you? Because remember, mm. time's a vacuum. So, if you give yourself six weeks, six months, it's going to fill up. Yeah. So, what is your D day on getting this project launched? It's today, the 8th. So really I need at least tonight to lay out all that stuff. And then I could probably send out the emails with the plans to the instructors and whatnot. And then from there, I mean, I need at least once all that stuff's ready, I need at least seven days before the webinar can take little, the launch webinar can take place. Um, and before that, some kind of reverse engineering. Seven, the seven days is like, that's, you know, once you hit that seven day mark, it can't, like you have to have at least seven days between when you announce it and when you hold it. If I'm being realistic, I probably need three weeks. So what's the date three weeks from today? That's like almost, the, uh, it's like a week before the 4th of July, right? So it's like the last week of June. I don't know how the date would be, though. You want to do the webinar on, like, a Monday or Tuesday as well, just because they say that they those perform much better. (laughs) 
Um, so three weeks from Monday? Yeah. That might be tough, though. Uh, well, let's just... That might be the week of the 4th of July. So let's... I don't know. We'll just call it roughly three weeks. <laughs> Are you wanting an exact date, don't you? I want an exact date. Uh, all right. Pulling out my calendar. Let's see here. This is why I like meeting with you. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be... Oh, I can't do it that... Uh, I can't do it on Monday. I could do it on the 26th. Tuesday the 26th. June 26th. Yeah. Now you have to make sure this podcast goes out before <laughs> then so we can really put oh, the no. pressure on. Well, I'm not, I'm not rolling any of these out until um, July. So July, I'm not, the first week of July is when I'm relaunching. So if I don't have my classes up by then, by the time you hear this episode, then you have permission to send me some like hate email or something or shame me on social media. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Um, so what's the one thing that you could see getting in your way? To make this happen. Uh, I just feel like maybe my resources are spread a little thin between uh, podcasts and um, getting the courses like edited and stuff like that. There's just a lot of stuff on the table. So my resources are fairly thin. Like I, I use the same team for both. So it's just a matter of what their bandwidth is. Like getting stuff made, that that could actually be a real problem. So, what are you willing to sacrifice? Is it which is more important, the course or the podcast for you? Um. Well, when it comes to, the, I mean, I would say that when it comes to like like the podcast is more of like a side hustle or a expensive hobby. Mm -hmm. So the course has to be more important right now in the year or two the podcast will definitely be way more important <laughs> because not, i shouldn't say way more important it's just that um it's one of my long-term goals is to be able to do this full-time and uh until i get there it can't be the most important thing it's probably the most expensive thing i do right now <laughs> by a long shot but uh yeah, it's it takes seconds of the courses. So at this point, for your business, I mean, it's important for any business owner to be focusing on income-producing activities and focusing on the activities that are crucial for them personally mm -hmm. to be doing. Um, and I think, you know, the activities that are contributing to the sustainability of their organization. Yeah. So... That being said, if push comes to shove, are you willing to give inches on the podcast to gain yes. inches or miles? I am willing to do that. I'm not happy about it, but that's funny. I was just looking through my notes because it said focus on revenue producing activities. So, yeah, we're on the same page with that. And that was one reason why I took some time off as well is because I'm preparing for this next course launch, I wanted to focus my resources on preparing for that. But now that I have these other two that I also have made, getting those done and out there, you know, would be important as well. So maybe it's, I hold off on releasing podcasts and stuff like that until 
the courses are done and out. Which sometimes as a business owner, you have to make trade-offs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a leadership law called the law of sacrifice. You might remember that. I've heard of it. Where you have to <laughs> give up something, hopefully, of lesser value in a particular area to gain something of more value. And although the podcasts are fun, the coursework is financially more valuable for mm-hmm. you at this point. So yeah. just focusing on on that. And which one of them s- supports getting your message out and the bigger picture for you? Well, I mean, financially, the pot, the, the classes would, would support, um, you know, like having a business that's self-sustaining that, that, um, generates a good amount of revenue would allow me to get my message out through the podcast, which is, like I said, it's a, not a revenue generating uh, at this point in time, it's not a revenue generating, um, endeavor, which is fine. I don't, I, it's at this point, I feel like it's fairly, fairly normal <laughs> for that. Uh, and I'm, I'm good with investing into it, but, um, you know, having more money to invest into growing it quicker would mm-hmm. help me get my message out faster. And maybe that's the way you need to come at every one of these activities that you're putting mm-hmm. off for the classes is, Every time you do one of those steps, it moves you one step closer yeah. to being able to spend more time on podcasts. Yep. So it's moving towards that goal. Yeah. So what is the number one thing that you have taken away so far from our conversation? <sighs> that I'm not working on the right things. I'm not investing my time in the most effective areas. That's probably the number one thing. And I... I know better. I need to do that. So we all know better. We all know better. <laughs> what's, what's the rule? If you if you could just listen to your own advice, you would be the most successful, wealthiest person in the world. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. So maybe I just if I could just clone myself and then have that person follow me around and give me advice all the time, and I would just listen and be like, oh, clearly, <laughs> clearly you're right. You know what to, what needs to be done clearly. Yeah. It's easier though when sometimes it's easier when it's not your stuff. When you're not attached to it. I think most times it's easier when you it's not your stuff and you're not attached to it. Right. You know, but they they're also just for you that for any of us as business owners it's so easy to get sidetracked because we don't have that boss above us. That's saying, hey, focus, hey, do this next. So it really comes down to our own self-leadership mm-hmm. in order to get us through those things that we either find a very low amount of enthusiasm for or, um, you know, yeah. or we dread doing and take a high skill set, which takes up more of our time. So there's there's a lot of self-leadership that has to happen as a business owner. Yeah. Um, and I think for any business owner, having... At the very minimum, an accountability partner is absolutely crucial. Somebody who will hold your feet to the fire and somebody that you have to report to to say, yes, I did or I didn't, mm-hmm. um, is, is really essential. And then just having a coach. Yeah. Um, I've had multiple coaches even at one time on various different parts of my business just because I get the value of having that person 
ask me the hard questions that I don't want to ask myself because I already know the answer. Yeah. I just don't want to have to admit that I know the answer, yeah. which is so many of us I can in, relate. in business. <laughs> um, and so sometimes it just takes that, that extra person in our lives to get a different kick in the rear end to make it happen. Yeah. Well, this conversation has been painful and really fun. <laughs> As are all of our conversations. Yeah, I, know. I always feel like I, I don't know, it's, I feel like you don't really like give me advice necessarily. You just ask me questions and then I just kind of like corner myself and I'm like, damn it. I know. <laughs> but it's like, it's not always top of mind though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time today to, to sit down and chat um, so if anybody wants to talk with you or find out anything more about your leadership coaching or what you're working on, how would they do so? Sure. Um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is to either visit my website at www.heathermarquez.actioncoach.com uh, or email me at heathermarquez at actioncoach.com and I'm going to assume you'll put those in the show notes they'll be in the show notes because nobody ever knows how to spell Marquez so (laughs) uh, we'll make it easy for anybody well ladies and gentlemen that is a wrap for this week's show thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to Heather and I's conversation now if I could ask you one quick favor that would be to click the link in the show notes and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews help other people like you find our show and uh, listen to the different episodes and hopefully find some value to, uh, to add to their lives. So if you could leave us a review, give us some candid feedback, that would be fantastic. That's a wrap for this week's show. I'm your host, Trevor Carlson, and I look forward to you tuning back in next week. This episode of The Formula was produced by Helix Academy, and the music was provided by the artists known as Moods. Make sure and check them out on Facebook or Spotify. That's M-O-O-D-S.